Today is December 24th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer and I am feeling all the feelings. I'm craving a bit, y'all, because, well, I'll, I'll save that for the end. I'll save it for the end. Just know that I am feeling both the solemnity of this moment and the sentiment of this season deeply. Happy Sunday, anyhow. As we settle into these two days of Christmas, let's not forget to take a beat to really feel the weight of the love that came down to us and to carry that love forward. We are celebrating the birth of a baby who changed the game for everyone, and that story is as real and as close as the air we breathe. I hope those of you with young children in your life have shared the true meaning of this season with them. I hope they know how deeply they are loved by a God who sent his only son to die for them so that he could have relationship with them. I hope they know that. I hope they can recite that back to you before they open a single gift tomorrow. Maybe in the stillness of this evening, all of us can take a moment to just rest with the joyful reassurance and the knowledge that the God who came to dwell among us in a manger is the same God who walks with us right now and is walking with us into this new year. Our readings this week come from the Evangelical Heritage Version. I believe we've read from this version at least once or twice. We switch up the versions each week to compare and contrast different versions to appreciate the diversity and the richness of God's Word as it is translated through various scholars, seminarians, historians, poets, writers, and the like. Reading different translations is kind of like hearing your favorite song in a different key. It hits you in a new way. The Evangelical Heritage Version is a relatively new translation that aims to be faithful to the original languages, but also clear to modern readers. These passages that we're going to read today cover some of the most fascinating and mysterious visions and symbols in the Bible, such as the four chariots, the crowning of the branch, the seven angels with the seven plagues, the sea of glass mingled with fire, and the four small but wise creatures and proverbs. Are y'all ready to be amazed, intrigued, and enlightened by God's word? I know you are. Let's get started. Zechariah chapter 6 and 7, the eighth vision for chariots. Then I turned and lifted up my eyes and looked again. There were four chariots coming out from between two mountains. The mountains were made of bronze. The first chariot had red horses. The second chariot had black horses. The third chariot had white horses. The fourth chariot had dappled horses. All of them were powerful. So I asked the angel who was speaking with me, What are these, my lord? The angel answered me, These are the four spirits of the heavens going forth from their stations to present themselves to the Lord of all the earth. The driver with the black horses is going toward the land of the north, and the one with the white horses is following after them, and the one with the dappled horses is going toward the land of the south. Now the powerful horses came out, and they were eager to range throughout the earth. He said, Go, range throughout the earth. So they ranged throughout the earth. Then he called out to me and told me, Look, those who are going out toward the land of the north have caused my spirit to rest in the land of the north. The Crowning of Joshua The word of the Lord came to me. 
Take an offering from the exiles, from Heldai, Tobijah, and Jediah, who have come from Babylon, and on that very day, go into the house of Josiah, son of Zephaniah. Take the silver and gold and make a crown, and place it on the head of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Tell him that this is what the Lord of armies says. There is a man whose name is the branch, because he will branch out from his place and build the temple of the Lord. He is the one who will build the temple of the Lord. He will be clothed with majesty, and he will sit and rule on his throne. He will be a priest on his throne, and there will be peaceful relations between the two offices. The crown will be kept in the temple as a memorial for Helam and Tobijah, and Jediah and Hen, son of Zephaniah. Those who are far away will come and build the temple of the Lord, and you will know that the Lord of armies has sent me to you. This will happen if you carefully obey the voice of the Lord your God. The Reason the Land Became Desolate In the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, which is Kislev. The people of Bethel had sent Sherezer and Regem Malek with their men to plead for the favor of the Lord by asking the priests who were at the house of the Lord of armies and the prophets, Should I mourn and fast in the fifth month as I have done these many years? Then the word of the Lord of armies came to me, Speak to all the people of the land and to the priests. When you fasted and lamented during the fifth and seventh months for these seventy years, was it really for me that you fasted? And when you eat and drink, is it not for yourselves that you eat and drink? Weren't these the words that the Lord proclaimed through the earlier prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited and prosperous with her cities around her and when the Negev and the Shephelah were inhabited? Then the word of the Lord came to Zechariah. This is what the Lord of armies says. Execute true justice. Each man is to show kindness and compassion to his brother. Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless child, the foreigner living among you, or the poor. Make sure that none of you plan evil in your heart against your brother. But they refused to pay attention. They turned a stubborn shoulder and covered their ears so that they would not hear. They made their hearts like the hardest rock so that they would not hear the law and the words that the Lord of armies sent by his spirit through the earlier prophets. As a result, the fierce anger from the Lord of armies was great. When I called, they would not listen. So when they called, I would not listen, says the Lord of armies. I scattered them with a windstorm among all the nations which they did not know. So the land was left desolate behind them. No one traveled back and forth through it. They made the pleasant land desolate. Revelation 15, The Angels with the Seven Last Plagues then I saw another great and remarkable sign in heaven, seven angels with seven plagues, the last plagues, because in them God's wrath is completed. And I saw what looked like a sea of glass mixed with fire. I also saw those who had won the victory over the beast and his image and over the number of his name standing on the sea of glass. They held the harps of God and they were singing the song of Moses, God's servant, and the song of the Lamb. They said, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord? And 
And who will not praise your name? You alone are holy. All the nations will come and will bow down before you because your righteous verdicts have been revealed. After these things I looked and the sanctuary of the tent of the testimony was opened in heaven. The seven angels who hold the seven plagues came out of the sanctuary. They were clothed with clean bright linen and they wore gold sashes around their chests. One of the four living creatures gave the seven angels the seven gold bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the sanctuary was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. No one was able to enter the sanctuary until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Psalm 143. Do not bring your servant into judgment. A Psalm by David. Prayer for forgiveness. Lord, hear my prayer. Give ear to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me in your righteousness. Do not bring charges against your servant, because no one living can be righteous before you. The problem. For the enemy pursues my soul. He crushes my life to the ground. He makes me dwell in dark places like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint inside me. Within me, my heart is devastated. The reason for hope. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works, and I consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you, interlude. My soul thirsts for you like a weary land. The prayer, hurry, answer me, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear about your mercy in the morning, for I trust in you. Teach me the way that I should go, for I lift up my soul to you. Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For the sake of your name, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your mercy, wipe out my enemies and destroy all who threaten my life, for I am your servant. Proverbs 30, verses 24 through 28. Four things are small on the earth, yet they are wiser than the wisest people. Ants are a species without strength, but they store their food in summer. Rock badgers are a species without power, but they make their home in a cliff. Locusts have no king, but they all march ahead in ranks. Lizards can be caught in your hands, but they live in king's palaces. Wow, what a rich, revealing trek through some symbolic passages today. As we wrap up, I am I'm feeling the weight of it all. God's majesty and might displayed through Zechariah's visions, his righteous judgment, his glorious redemption and revelation, the psalmist's longing for deliverance, and the simple wisdom that is found in the natural world. There is so much that we could unpack as per usual, but overall, I'm just left with this sense of awe and gratitude, all for who God is, all powerful and yet intimate, perfect in holiness, and yet abounding in mercy, gratitude that he intervened to dwell among us and provide a way for us to get back to him as we celebrate the miracle of Jesus's birth tonight and tomorrow. Let's let this sink in. The ancient of days stepped into time and space for us. The Messiah came wrapped in flesh to make God known. 
Let's let the glory revealed in these pages lead us to worship the one who is worthy of all honor and all praise. Let's carry the hope of Emmanuel, God, with us into each moment. Let's remember that if we do, it is going to help us so much because no matter what we're facing, we're never alone. And I know that it feels, I was just feeling that way the other day and I had to remind myself, Jennifer, you're not in this by yourself. I am believing that God's presence will sustain us through the highs and lows ahead. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And as we come to the end of this year and a new one is dawning, let's just lean into him fully. Let's trust that his plans are good. There is so much reassurance in that alone. If we just believe that his plans for us are good even when things are going bad. Man, that can be such a sustaining and centering and grounding thought. It can bring us back to what we know to be true. He who has begun a good work in us will carry it forward to completion. Our provider will make streams flow in the driest places. Let's rest in his faithful love today and always. And as far as what I was saying earlier about feeling, oh, the feelings, I am grieving. Well, this time of year, it's it's always a little different for me. I am such a mixture of contradictions. And I say that because I'm naturally optimistic and cheerful, sometimes even idealistic, especially when it comes to seeing the good in people who may not always act in a way that is consistent with what I see in them or with what I believe about them. But there are these other moments, usually in these colder, darker months, when I feel a certain kind of sadness creeping in. It's a melancholy mood that lingers just on the edges of my joy. A part of it for sure is that I'm very aware that my Savior, and this is intentional, that my Savior came to this earth literally for the sole purpose of dying for me. He was born and he died a miserable death so that I might live. And that is a heavy, heartbreaking reality to carry. And yet it's also heart lifting. It's entangled with the joy of knowing that his death was not the end, but the start of an eternal hope for those who believe in him. And so in the midst of all of this holiday merriment, I find myself just overwhelmed by this stark reminder of his immense love for humanity. For me, really, I make it personal. And again, that is so intentional because I don't want to ever forget. And I feel like there have been times in my life where I forgot what it cost. It is such a paradox, but it's one its one that I've embraced as an essential part of my faith journey. Um, so Christmas, Easter, These are beautiful holy days that we should celebrate, but it's the sacrifice for me. The ultimate gift that he gave us, knowing full well what it was going to cost him. And I know, I know, I know, I know it's human to taste the sweetness and bitterness of life in equal measure at times. It's just that this season also comes right at the dusk of a setting year. And this year, it feels even harder for me because I know that a part of my life is changing in a significant way. 
I am changing the format of this podcast next year. Ugh, it is painful to even say this out loud. Oh my goodness, or painful might be. Painful might be too heavy of a word, but it, it's it's definitely it's a uh, it's a thought that that does feel. I don't even have, I don't have the words. <laughs> And I don't have the words because it is paradoxical. Something that has given me so much has also taken a lot from me. And I'm having I'm having trouble reconciling that. The thought of not sharing these daily insights from the word, of not joining you on your early morning commutes or your late night reflections or your midday pick-me-ups. I'll say more between now and the end of the year about exactly, well, maybe not exactly because I don't know exactly yet, but about what I'm thinking next year will look like. I'm definitely not abandoning what we've worked so hard to build. So just know that y'all know how much I love y'all and I love this, but I do need to press pause for about a year on this format in particular, this, this every single day. Um, this is a grind. This is this is definitely a grind. And I don't want to grind myself into the ground. The work that goes into creating each episode is colossal. I spend hours in quiet study and prayer, talking to myself, sifting through several commentaries and dictionaries, looking up the original languages, several translations, and all kinds of resources to try to understand these ancient scriptures and trying to distill the nuggets of wisdom that will translate into our everyday lives. I try to bring it home for us. And then then there's the writing, meticulously crafting each word to effectively communicate these profound truths without losing or diminishing their sacred essence. I am not a seminarian. I am not a theologian. I'm not even an official student of the Bible, but I am a student of life and what I love I am a student of. And this word is both to me. So I process, I read, I write, and I rewrite some of my scripts until my eyes are blurry and my fingers are cramping and I am just falling over at the computer. And then once the words are ready, then there's the recording. And I'm, I'm striving for a tone and a cadence that is pleasing to the ear because God's word is sweet. And I want it to sound that way when you hear it. And so there have been all of these hours that I spend in recording sessions as I try to get as close to perfection in every syllable and consonant as possible. And then there's the final editing, you know, the job that Shannon does. And then I listen through once again, and I am praying as I'm listening that these words that I've I've said would be a vessel for his word, that I might decrease so that he would increase. And in all of this, I felt stretched thin. Some of you who our writers will appreciate this, or readers, like aged papyrus under a scribe's quill. And to think in the ancient tradition, before technology made this a lot easier, 
These words were passed down from generation to generation through spoken word, painstakingly etched onto scrolls, preserved in the hearts and minds of those who held these truths dear, a practice that was not simply a duty, but a form of worship in itself and is the reason why we have these words today. What a task, what an honor. And I am in awe and filled with humility for the opportunity to share in my own small way in this great lineage of stewardship over the word. I've come to realize that every word shared, every episode created, it truly is a labor of love. I, this is my baby. And it is a love, it's a love for God, it's a love for his word, and it's a love for you all. It is driven by my passion to see lives transformed, your life transformed through the renewing of these words. Every episode is driven by my passion to represent God, as I heard Michael Todd say, in a way that is different from the angry, guilt-mongering, fear-driven representation that so many of us grew up knowing to the God that I now know him to be passionate, loving, relational, and full of mercy, concern, and compassion. I see him now as the father who waits with open arms for his prodigal children to return, even when they have squandered their inheritance and made a mess of their lives. He's the friend who sticks closer than a brother, the shepherd who leaves the 99. <laughs> leaves the 99 safe in the fold to find the one that is lost. He's not an overlord. He seeks relationship over relegation and subjugation. Mm. And so in closing, I just want to extend my deepest gratitude to each of you for joining me on this journey. Your support, your feedback, your shared stories of growth. Ooh, they have been the fuel that has kept my fire burning. All right, y'all, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we conclude this time in your word, our hearts are full, full of awe for your majesty, full of gratitude for your love, and full of hope for what you have in store. We are astounded once again by your love for us. So, so profound it is that you came down from your throne to walk among us. Lord, we just wonder how your mercy is so abundant that even in our brokenness and frailty, you see worthiness. Yes, God, we are indeed a paradox. You know, because you created us that way. Lord, we are filled with light, and yet we face darkness on a regular. We are vessels of love, and yet susceptible to feeling bitterness and resentment. We are seekers of peace. And yet sometimes we are the instigators of discord. But Lord, we are also a testament to your redemptive power. And we are called to reflect your glory in our imperfections. And so as we peek into the coming year and envision what that might be, we just ask that you would order our steps. Help us to walk firmly, boldly, and confidently in the path that you've set before us. We are not confident in our ability, Lord, but we are confident in yours. Christmas, 
reminds us of your perfect timing, your faithful promises, and your unconditional love for humanity. You could have left us in our sin. You could have said to hell with us, but you chose restoration and relationship. And so as we prepare for the changes that are coming our way, Lord, we just need you. We need your guidance. Comfort us in the times of quiet contemplation and energize us during the moments of inspired action. Equip us with the endurance to weather the trials and tribulations, the difficulties and the challenges that are ahead, knowing full well that you are our strength. Empower us through your word today. May we carry it with us, whatever we face this season. Grief, loneliness, exhaustion, anxiety, speak hope into our circumstances. Minister to us in our deepest places of need. Lord, help us lay down our burdens and receive your fresh mercy. Lead us into 2024 with joyful anticipation of what you will do. We love you. We praise you. We surrender ourselves to you once more. Do what only you can do in us. In Jesus' name, all the people of God said together, amen. And our affirmation for today, I am worthy of love without earning it. I let go of performance and embrace grace. I am worthy of love without earning it. I let go of performance and embrace grace. And our aphorism, there are two kinds of people in the world, those who are always getting ready to do something and those who go ahead and do it. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this extraordinary odyssey with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you. Oh my goodness. I don't know if I'm going to say that on December 31st. <laughs> ah, we'll think about that another day. Bye y'all.